Good morning, Epicenter Church. You look great today. Take your Bibles out with me and go to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. Put your finger there and flip over to John chapter 10, verse 11. We're going to look at some incredible passages of Scripture today. But first, I not only want to welcome you, but I want to welcome those who are joining us on the radio this morning, our radio crowd on ESPN. I want to welcome you as well. And for those that are also going to tune in on our brand new website at yourepicenter.com, take a look at it this afternoon. I know you'll be blessed. We're starting our blog and our Twitter and all that stuff this week. And so you'll have a good time. It's just a tool for us to be able to reach more people, to stay in contact with you, and also to give you this tool to to build your personal relationship with with Jesus. So a lot of stuff that's going to be up and coming with that and other things. So I want you just to kind of stay on the edge of your seat. But but what I want to do today today is is this. I've got a question for you. What's in a name? What's in a name? What's in your name? What does your name mean? What is the significance of your name? Because everyone in here under the sound of my voice, you have a name. You have a name that someone gave to you. You also have a, a, another name. You have a, a family name that represents your family heritage and where you came from and, and the significance of your lineage. You know, in Hebrew days and biblical days, especially in Old Testament days, They didn't name someone after a fad or after an aunt or after an uncle. Names carry great significance in the Old Testament days. In fact, they would name their children a a significant name that they hoped would literally set the course for their lives. in, In hopes that they would literally grow into that name. In fact, they would name their children before they were ever born. In hopes that they would grow into this great name. It was an extremely prophetic event. This prophetic name giving. They would pray over it. Seek God over it. And then they would give this child this name. Something that carried significant meaning. Like purity or integrity or strength or mighty warrior. And when the child reached the age of 10 or 11, if that child was not growing or becoming what their name was, they would literally change their names. Whatever they were becoming was the name that they would now receive in hopes that the name would begin to capture who they were becoming and define their steps for the rest of their lives. And so today I want us to jump into this. I want to roll up our sleeves and and let's jump into this name game. In fact, the very first name that I want to talk to you about today is the name Jehovah Rohi. This name, the definition of this name is the Lord is our shepherd. Now, uh, let's just talk about this concept for a second. The Lord is our shepherd. God is our shepherd. We we can run unto God. There are some incredible passages of Scripture, bits and pieces of Scripture here and there that define the very name of God, which is God is our shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. I want us to look at a few of those pieces of Scripture today. In fact, I want us to begin in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. And if you would, I want you to stand with me. Everyone stand to your feet for the reading of God's word today. Can we do that? Open up your Bibles. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to hold them really high for me. Real high. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Man, that's awesome. 
If you don't have your Bible today, all you have to do is just take a look on the screens to your left, right, and behind me, and we will read this together. Now, before we read this, let me say this about Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. I I love this passage of Scripture because what Isaiah is doing for us is he's giving us the very definition of God. He's defining God. He's taking the parameters, the limitations that we place upon God. He's removing those things and he's giving us the very definition of the heart of God. And and you can see this in, in chapter 40, verse 11, when he says this, and I love it. He says, the Lord tends to his flock like a what? Like a what? Wow. I want you to listen to his heart here because I love this. The Lord tends to his flock like a shepherd. And then it says, and he gathers the lambs in his arms. And he holds them close to his heart. How many of you, just hold your finger there. How many of you have been in certain situations in your life? You found yourself in in a lonely time, in a desperate time that you just know that you know that you know that God showed up in your life and he wrapped his arms around you. How many of you have experienced that in your life? Let me tell you something. Maybe today you came to this place and you need to feel the love of God. You need to feel loved and maybe you felt unlovable. Right here, Isaiah is telling us that God is crazy about you and that he sees you when you're in need and he sweeps you up, pulls you into his chest so that you can hear his heartbeat. Man, that's incredibly intimate when you think about it. Now, I want you to flip with me over to John chapter 10, verse 11. We see now that That God is crazy about us. He desires to be intimate with us. He desires to have this intimate relationship. The Lord is our shepherd. But then in John chapter 10 verse 11. Jesus takes it to a whole nother level. It's incredible. He, he, Isaiah defines the love of God. But then Jesus really, really just takes it somewhere else. When he says this. He says, I am. Everybody say, I am. Say it again. I am. I am. The good shepherd and the good shepherd. You don't have to keep repeating after me, but that was cool. Let's sit in a wedding ceremony. Just kidding. And the good shepherd. And I love this. He lays down his life for his sheep. In other words, God loves me so much so that he gave his only son and his only son wants to lay down his life for me. He wants to stand in between me and my problem. He wants to be the buffer between me and my difficulty. He wants to be the wedge. He wants to be the one that stands guard over my life. This is beautiful to me. That the Lord is my shepherd and the Lord is so willing to lay down his life for me that he went to a cross and opened up his arms even though I don't deserve it. This is beautiful to me. And you see, today, I I honestly feel like some of us have gathered in this place and we need to know who the Lord, our shepherd, is. Maybe you're in a desperate situation. Maybe there's something that's going on in your life that only you know about. Maybe there's this internal turmoil that is pulling you left and right and and you don't know what to do. Maybe there's difficulty in your relationships or in your finances or, or, or in some other area of your life. Let me tell you something. If you will call out to the good shepherd today because the Lord is your shepherd, he will begin to lead you, guide you, help you, wrap his arms around you. Today, you, you, you came to the right place. Everybody say the good shepherd. 
the good shepherd. Let me pray over you before you're seated. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your awesome word. We thank you for the opportunity just to gather, God, to hang out and to fellowship with you. Father, you're so incredibly awesome. You are the creator of all good things. Today, God, may you speak to us through your word. God, I don't want to add one thing to it, or, and I surely don't want to take a single thing away from it. I, God, I, I just want to be a reflection of you. I don't want people to see me, but see you in me. God, may your word even penetrate even the hardest of places. Peel back the layers in our heart today. God, may we leave this place realizing that you so desire to have an intimate relationship with us. May you bless these people. Your wonderful name. Amen. Give the person a high five to your right and left. Come on. Woo! Everybody say, wake up. Hey, listen, let me talk to you for a second. I want you to sit down and grab a seat. Uh, let's talk about this, this shepherd concept for a moment, okay? I hope that you're taking notes. Open up your, your worship directories and follow along with me. There's some <clears throat> fill-in-the-blank areas. I want you to do that today because you're going to receive some information today that will help you on your journey with Christ. And, but I want to talk about this whole, this whole concept of, of, of God being a shepherd because shepherd, the very term, is very disconnected from our culture. There's this huge disconnect in, between us and the term shepherd. We, we're not really sure a, a lot about shepherds and their responsibilities. And our culture is far removed from that. So what I want to do with you today is I want to lay this foundation for you. I want to set this framework into place that through this talk that will help you grasp what it means, the whole concept of, of God being a shepherd. So here's the deal. If God is our shepherd, what does that make us? Bad. That was bad. We are sheep. We're his sheep. Now, here's what's beautiful about the whole concept of, of being his sheep. The Bible says that we are the sheep of his pasture. Now, let me help you understand this. The Bible says that we are the sheep of his pasture. So if he's the shepherd, there are some qualities about the shepherd that you need to be aware of this morning. The first quality or the first three, I'm going to group them together, is that the shepherd knows his sheep. He recognizes their needs and he does something about it. The shepherd knows his sheep. He knows you. He recognizes your needs. And he does something about your needs. You can run those three qualities through the filter of Isaiah chapter 40 verse 11. When he says this to us. That the Lord tends to his flock like the shepherd. In other words he knows us. And then it says he recognizes the need because he sees the lambs. And he sweeps them up into his arms. So he recognizes the need. And then it says that he does something about it. By holding them close to his heart. So you see, God, he knows you. He knows you by name. He recognizes when there are needs in your life. And then he's willing to do something about it. This week, when I was thinking about that very concept of the shepherd, and how could I illustrate to you the significance of, of the Lord is our shepherd, I, I, I remembered a story. And I want to share this story with you. Many of you know that, that we have this dog named Dixie. She is like a family member to us. We've had her for 10 years. I, I'm not this big dog person. I, I just love this dog. 
She, she's in, incredibly intelligent. She's very caring. She, she loves us. She very, very rarely makes mistakes. If you know what I'm getting at. She's just wonderful. She's wonderful with the kids. She's one of our kids, to be honest with you. In fact, we love her so much that, that we buy her Christmas presents. We, we a lot of times feed her what we eat. I know that that's not healthy for a dog. But when she's begging, we, you know, we, we tend to give in from time to time. We, we just love her. In fact, I have a picture that I want to show you today uh, of her with my boys. These are uh, this is an old picture. Hey, listen, I, I promise you that that was the only time that Jacob was ever sleeping. But, but isn't she cute? She's so cute. And our boys are so cute. And and, and, and let me tell you something about our, our, our dog. Dixie has this medical problem where every so often she has these like seizures that are just violent. <laughs> just really bad. Shakes, convulsions. And, and they're so evident when you see them, it, you feel very sorry for her. But sometimes those seizures are, are very slight and subtle. And if you're not really paying attention, you, you won't even notice it. Well, one day, seven or eight years ago, our middle child, Cody, was probably seven or eight years old. He happened to see her having one of those subtle seizures. And so he swept in and he picked her up. And I remember it as if it were yesterday. And he ran down the hallway with tears in his eyes, screaming, Daddy, Daddy, she's, she's having a seizure. She's having a seizure. Do something about it. Do something about it. Can't, can't you pray for her? And this past week, when I was thinking about that concept, I thought, wow, the love that a boy has for his dog made me really think about the love that God has for his sheep, for us, and how incredible that that love is. See, God will do anything to sweep in and to lift you up and to pull you close and to recognize your need and to do something about it. And you need to understand something about God. God, the creator of the universe, the giver of all good things. He didn't create you and then place you on some hillside somewhere to fend for yourself. God didn't do that. You see, God wants to be your helper. He wants to help you. God so desires to be in your life and he so desires to, to help you. God also wants to be your restorer. He, he, he so desires to, to restore your relationships. He so desires to, to be involved in, in your relationships. God wants to be your protector. He wants to protect you when you need to be protected, even though you don't know that you need to be protected. God wants to do that. If you think about this and you ever find yourself in a position to where you, you just don't know what to do and you need to be restored or you need help or you need protection, what you need to do is call upon Jehovah Rahi because the Lord is your shepherd. He cares for you. You see, God's not an absentee God. When you look at the qualities of a shepherd, you see that the shepherd is Deeply engrossed in the lives of his sheep. He is there for them. Whatever they need. Every step of the way. He's right there by their side. Leading them through. You see many of us. We have, we have this image of God. That's a little distorted. And let me just be candid with you. 
We have this image of God that he's this far off God somewhere out there. And, and he's just out of reach for us. And, and he just, you know, we, we don't necessarily want him to be a part of our lives because he just seems to be out of reach. He's this deity that's out there somewhere. And then the more we begin to think about him, we don't know that we really want him in our lives. Because if he happens to come into our lives, he he may punish us, zap us with lightning bolts for doing wrong things. Have you ever thought about that concept? Has anyone ever just like had that kind of fear of God that that God wants to just pop you on top of the head with a lightning bolt and extinguish you? Sometimes we have those concepts, but can, can I tell you something that can't be further from the truth? In fact, if you look at Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11, you see that there's an incredible personalization when it comes to God and you. The Bible says that he sees you. He tends to his sheep. He picks them up and he brings them close to his chest in his arms so that they can hear his heartbeat. Does that sound like an absentee God? No, God wants to be present in your life. So let me challenge you. Today, I want you to listen to me today, because I think so many times we compartmentalize God. We give God the rights to be in certain areas of our lives, but not all areas of our lives. The only way that the good shepherd can truly lead you is if you let him in all areas of your lives. You cannot exclude him from your relationships and hope that your relationships work out. You cannot exclude him from your finances and hope that your finances work out. You cannot exclude him from your marriage and think that you're going to have a marriage that's incredible. You cannot exclude him from your kids' lives and then wonder why your kids act the way they do. You see, we must realize that if we truly want to live the life that God's called us to live, then Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is our shepherd, needs to be leading us all the way through it. Thank you. Let me say this to you. I want to give you some statements of faith today. This is where you really need to begin taking notes. These are some statements that that I truly believe will help you understand who Jehovah Rohi is. In fact, I want you to turn with me over to Psalms chapter 23. Everybody flipping your Bibles to Psalms chapter 23. This is a psalm that most of you have heard. Many of you may even know it by heart. But sometimes we have heard God's word so many times that it just becomes words on a page. We have quoted it. We have seen it. We have read it. We have heard it so often that many times we miss the true meaning of that word. Today, I want to just pause momentarily as we go through Psalms 23 so that you can really hear what God is trying to say to you through this psalm that David wrote. In fact, I I want you to see this. This is the first statement of faith that you need to write down and fill in the blank. And that is this. Jehovah Rohi causes me to be fully resourced to do all that he has called me to do. Let me say that again. Jehovah Rohi causes me to be fully resourced to do all that God has called me to do. How do I know that? Because look at verse one. This is a powerful verse. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not be in what? Let me say that again. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not be in what? Whoa. 
other words, I shall not have needs that go unmet. In fact, if you have the message translation today, you will see, and I love the way the message translates this. The message says this, that God is my shepherd and I don't need a thing. Now, that's incredible. God is my shepherd and and I don't need a thing. So, So let's nail down what David is saying to us right here. What David is saying is that God has predestined you to live a certain life. And upon him predestinating, if that's a word, your life, he also orchestrated the things that you would need to accomplish what he predestined for you to do. And David is saying right here and right now that you will have no need that goes unmet when it comes to doing God's will in your life. Isn't that incredible? Uh, Are you with me this morning? I want everybody to wake up. Slap your face real quick like that. Some of you did it. Some of you didn't. I'm looking. Slap your face like that. There is nothing in your life, no need that will go unmet when it comes to, to the will of God. He gives us everything that we need to accomplish what he's called us to do. Now, I want you to think about David when he wrote this. Because David's culture was so different than our culture. We live in a culture today that is totally hinged upon security. We're security minded. Things have to be a certain way before we'll do the step of faith. You know what I'm saying? Everything has to be in the right position before you'll step out there. Before we feel secure enough to step out. In fact, many of you have done this. You you have to have the right finances before you step out and get married. Your finances have to be just right. Some of you are looking around at one another before you're secure enough to take that step. Some of you have to have the right insurance before you're secure enough to have that baby. Some of you have to have the right retirement in place before you're secure enough to take that retirement. Some of you have to have the right job in place before you're secure enough. Some of you have to have the right car, the right house, and and, and the list goes on and on and on. We we just have to feel secure in our lives. We're we're just hinged to security. We're security minded. But David, when he wrote this, I want you to think about this for a second. David's culture was so different than ours. David, when he wrote this, his security was not in his retirement. His security was not in his relationships. His security was not in his 401k. His security was not in his car. It was not in his wealth. His security, his perspective was in God alone. That's why he said, the Lord is my shepherd. He didn't say, I have comfort because I am rich. He didn't say, I have comfort because I have an awesome wife or I have a best friend or I have a great job. He said, I have comfort. Because the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not be in want. You see, he's praising God because he's telling us that God will meet every single need that we have. The good shepherd will meet the needs that we have in order to accomplish the life that he's called us to accomplish. You see, Jehovah Rohi wants to be the shepherd in your marriage. You know why? Because he owns the resource of love. Jehovah Rohi. He wants to be the shepherd of your finances. You know why? Because he's the CEO of the bank of God. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills is what the Bible says. Jehovah Rohi, he wants to be the shepherd of your occupation. 
He can create jobs better than any president. He is the job creator. So today, some of you are in this place and there are things that you are battling with and you have found yourself down and out and not knowing where to go. Can, can I tell you something? If you will call upon the good shepherd, Jehovah Rohi, he will meet your need because David writes, I shall not be in want for the Lord is my shepherd. That is an incredible statement that you must preface your life with. It's a statement of faith. Then there's a second statement of faith that I think that you need to adhere to. And that is this. Jehovah Rohe causes me to overcome because he leads me. Now, let me say this about the next two verses. Because David literally dumbs down the next two verses for us so that we can understand it. He calls us sheep. Now, how many of you know that we sheep? can make some horrible choices at times. And those horrible choices lead us down the wrong road. And and, and we have horrible mistakes because we're impatient and we do things and go to places that we should have never done and never gone. How many of you have ever been in that position? Sheep will literally eat themselves to death if the shepherd doesn't stop them from eating. They will eat until their stomachs are so full that their stomachs will burst. And, And then here's another thing that sheep do. Sheep are followers. So if there's this loud clap of thunder and the the most dominant sheep, he gets spooked and he takes off running, the entire flock will run after that sheep. If that sheep runs off the cliff, the whole flock will run off the cliff. He's saying that, that the good shepherd will lead us through some of the dumb choices that we make. That the good shepherd will, will lead us through the, the chaos uh, uh, of relationships. That the good shepherd will lead us through the emptiness of loneliness. That the good shepherd will lead us through the the stress of of finances. You see, if you want to overcome, we've got to to get into the presence of God. We we must adhere to the presence of of the good shepherd because he causes me to, to lie down in green pastures. But this past week uh, on Wednesday, I remember telling Kim Wednesday morning when I got up, I said, I can't hardly move. I'm worn out. I'm tired. I I just need strength. I I don't need one more thing to just come out of left field. Not one more thing. God, if we could just get through the next few days, oh, it would be so incredible. And so Wednesday's going on and Wednesday night I'm leaving church and I'm literally standing on the back porch of the church and my telephone rings. And it's my uncle. And he said, go get your dad. Grandma just died. And I hung up the phone and I remember telling Kim, I, I can't do this. I, I'm just literally just worn out. I can't believe this. I began to think, not at this time. Death is not opportune. But God, not at this time. Not her. Not, not now, God. It, it was so gut-wrenching. I find myself within 20 minutes at my grandmother's house and I see her lying on the floor being worked on by paramedics. It's not a sight that I wanted to see on Wednesday. But you know what? I called out to Jehovah Rohi. The Lord is my shepherd. You know what he did? He calls me to lie down in green pastures. He led me beside quiet waters. And he restored 
my soul. You see, that's who Jehovah Rohe is. If that's not enough, there's a third thing that he does for us. And that is this. Because Jehovah Rohi is my shepherd, I'm protected from harm and from evil. I want you to look at this. We can take great comfort in him being our protector. Look at verse 4. I want to read this to you. It says, even though I walk, this is the one that, the verse that most everyone remembers. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You need to understand that he desires to give you protection. There are times in your life when you need protection. How many of you know what I'm talking about? God doesn't lead us into situations and then retreat. God, God is always advancing for your needs. God is always moving ahead of you. Jehovah, Rohe, it's always going ahead of you, preparing the way when you get there. That's who the good shepherd is. The Bible says that he comforts us with his staff and with his rod. And I want you to think about this. And I want you to hand me this staff right there, if you would, please. Thank you very much. Here, here's the shepherd's staff. The staff has this, this hook on the end of it. I want you to understand what the shepherd would do with this staff. He would use this staff to, to scare off animals that came to prey upon these sheep. He would hit them and move them away. But it's, it's got a hook on the end because you remember I told you that sheep have no reverse. So many times they would wedge themselves into an area that they didn't need to be in and they would be stuck. And so he would place this in there, turn it and get it around their neck and he would literally yank them out. Well, the sheep didn't like that. The sheep was freaked out, wigged out over that, over that situation. So then the shepherd would literally walk beside of the sheep all day long, rubbing the sheep's belly. Because sheep love to have their bellies rubbed. And so what he would do for hours is he would walk beside of that sheep and just rub his belly. Telling that sheep that, you know what, I, I'm here to protect you. I'm here to comfort you. I'm here to help you. And then there was this thing called the rod. Now, the rod was a two-foot weapon. It was a hardened piece of wood that at the age of 10 and 11 years old, these shepherds were trained with deadly accuracy. They could literally throw this rod and hit an animal in the head and kill it. That's what David is talking about when he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, the ambition of God is to protect you. He seeks to, to protect you. He seeks to help you. He wants to protect you from the enemy of life. When the enemy is throwing those darts at you, he wants to be your shield. That's who Jehovah Rahe is. And then Jehovah Rahe is also this. Here's the fourth statement. Because of Jehovah, Jehovah Rahe's presence... I have incredible opportunities. I want you to see this. Look in verse 5 and 6. He says this. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies. Wow. What an opportunity. You anoint my head with oil. And my cup it overflows. Because of the opportunities. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. In other words, I'm, I'm going to have opportunity after opportunity because of your goodness and because of your love and because of your presence. And he says, then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
You see, can I tell you this? When you partner with God, incredible things happen in your life. When you partner with God, when you call out to a God who cares for you, incredible things happen in your life. When you take the courage to pray for someone who needs to be healed and you pray, God, I want you to heal this person because you have become God's vessel. The good shepherd shows up in your life and he will administer healing. Step out in faith. You see, the good shepherd wants to grant to you supernatural opportunities. But so many times we miss those opportunities because we're not willing to step out. But I want you to think about this with me for a second. Moses was able to face down the Pharaoh. Why? Because he had confidence in God's presence. You think about that. David was able to face down Goliath. Why? Because the Bible says that he came in the name of the Lord. He was confident in God's presence. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were totally unscathed. Why? Because they took confidence in God's presence. Why could Old Testament leaders do such courageous things? Let me tell you why. Because they had great confidence in the presence of God in their lives. We've got to take that same confidence. We've got to know who God is. We've got to adhere to the good shepherd because he wants to give you great opportunities. Then here's probably the last thing that I want to share with you today. And that is this. As a kid, probably many of you prayed the same prayer. Did you pray the prayer? God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. We bow our heads and all are fed. Thank you, Lord, for this daily bread. How many of you prayed that prayer? Just honestly, all over this building, you, you've prayed it. I know it's a very simple prayer. And some of you are probably going to be a little upset with me because you're going to think I'm simplifying God. But the more I think about that prayer, God is great. God is good. If we ignore the part that food just doesn't really rhyme with good. <laughs> when you really grasp that prayer the very first sentence in a children's prayer tells us everything that we need to know about God God is great and God is good I'm not trying to simplify God I just want you to understand this everything else is pretty much an extrapolation of one of those two things everything else about that we need to know about God comes out of God's greatness and God's goodness God is a good God who desires to be great in your life and to cause you to have a great life. What's in the name Jehovah Rohi? The Lord is our shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus himself, he says, I am. He uses this statement. I am. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I am. There are several I am's that I think today you need to adhere to in your life. I want to share a few of them with you. What's in a name? Well, in God's name, I am the good shepherd. Of your finances. I am. The good shepherd. Of your health. 
I am the good shepherd of your emotions. I am the good shepherd of your healing. I am the good shepherd of your safety. I am the good shepherd for your refuge. I am the good shepherd of your occupation. I am the good shepherd of your marriage. I am the good shepherd of second chances. I am the good shepherd of hope. How many of you need some hope? I am the good shepherd of restoration. I am the good shepherd of success. I am the good shepherd of resources. I am the good shepherd of joy. I am the good shepherd of forgiveness. I am the good shepherd of peace. Can I tell you something? What's in a name? In God's name, there's forgiveness. There's hope. There's protection. There's peace. Some of you today, you need to be held. As Isaiah chapter 40 verse 11 states that the Lord, he tends to his flock. Like a shepherd. He sees them in need. And he reaches down. Picks up the lambs in his arms holds them close to his heart. Some of you today, you need to be held. Some of you today need to allow God, the shepherd, entrance into your marriage. Entrance into your finances. Some of you need God, the good shepherd, to be with you and to administer healing in your life. Maybe it's not a physical healing. Maybe it's a emotional healing the good shepherd wants to walk beside of you and comfort you he wants to make you lie down in green pastures lead you beside of quiet waters and he desires to restore your soul some of you came to this place today in turmoil on the inside. But if you'll call out to him, Jehovah Rohi, you'll leave this place with the calming of his peace.